Give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Lisa Cypress-Kamen is a widely recognized applied positive psychology coach, author, documentary filmmaker, and lecturer specializing in the fields of sustainable happiness, mindfulness, and integrated well-being. Let's get to it. Here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, broadcasting consciously prepared brain food from the beaches of Malibu, California. Each week, we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish egotistical or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is most definitely all about the heart. All righty, let's get to it today. I'm ex- excited about this show because we are talking about fit and healthy for the long haul. What it means to move beyond surviving to thriving and how do we create our best health possible. And I'm excited about this because um, a lot of our listeners are of a certain age, and I mean the ripe, juicy, delicious middle of life. And we're talking about how to maintain our, our health, our peak health and our peak performance. And my first guest, ironically, is Dr. Pamela Peak. She is a. <laughs> do you like that, Pam? <laughs> that was it. Did you like work on that for a while no. or something? And then you just sort of like, or it was this one of those amazing miracles of just let it rip? That was a let it rip. That was, that was in the flow of life. But I want to tell our listeners who you are, what you are, and why you're here. Dr. Pamela Peak is a nationally renowned physician, scientist, expert, and thought leader in the fields of integrative and preventative medicine. A three-time New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Peak is a Pew Foundation scholar in nutrition and metabolism, assistant professor of medicine at the University of Maryland. She holds dual master's degrees in public health and policy and is a fellow of both the American College of Physicians and the American College of Sports Medicine. As the founder of the Peak Performance Center for Healthy Living, Dr. Peak guides men and women in their quest to optimize their quality of life and longevity. And I also, Pam, need to plug your books. Dr. Pamela Peak has written several books, including Fight Fat After 40, Body for Life for Women, and The Hunger Fix, The Three-Stage Detox and Recovery Plan for Overeating and Food Addiction. Welcome, Dr. Pamela Peak. Thanks for joining me and us. Hey, 
I'm, hey. I'm just loving it. Wherever you are out there in listening land, um, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Well, first of all, I mean, the idea of being in flow with life, I think, ties in thematically to who you are as a physician and the way you work with your patients. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, you know, uh, when I wrote um, uh, the book Fit to Live, um, I sat down and I said to myself, when you look at uh, how all of us uh, want to live long only if we're living well, <laughs> yes. you know, when you think about that. So I'm talking about health span, not lifespan here, um, vibrancy uh, span, as it were. Um, then when I wrote Fit to Live, it was very interesting. Um, I was sitting back thinking it's all fine and dandy when you're 20, 30, even 40, Um because uh, your body really is meant to keep you rocking and rolling all the way through those years because those are the years you procreate. Then after that, your body says, eh, meh, you know, and the actually, <laughs> you know, the, the body many people don't realize was meant for obsolescence as of the age of 50. No. And so, uh, hell yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. means that, mm-hmm. well, again, <laughs> the whole survival thing, is all about procreation. That's really what we were all about. Whether we do it or not is irrelevant. Um, it's sort of a, a human prerogative kind of thing. Keep keep the race and and the whole community going and and all the rest of it. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, I started looking at what was going on as we plan ahead for fifty plus, uh, and I realized that you need to lay down a um, a really strong foundation for quite some time before that. Um, and, and really it's not that hard. You just have to, it's like the practice of fill in the blank practice of yoga, practice of meditation. You, you know, you can't meditate once a month and expect to be getting great things out of this. You can't run once a month and and do a marathon. So it's just a little, a little something you do every day and you consistently do it. So I, when I, was looking at this whole issue of what it takes to be literally fit to live dot 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 your dreams your goals your objectives and and to do it with vibrancy and to do it dynamically and to just be alive the whole time basically kick some serious butt um and get out there with with attitude that's what this is all about uh and so when i did this um i it was very funny. I was I was thinking like, gosh, so many people each decade of their life are trying to, and I quote, be fit mentally and physically, um, mostly around the issue of, of, again, procreation. How hot do I look in my genes? Am I attractive? Whatever. Then all of a sudden things change up when you hit about 45, 50. And oh, of yeah. Course, of, <laughs> you know, oh, well, you, you wouldn't understand at all, would you? Um, oh, yes, and, I would. <laughs> and so suddenly... Yeah, of course you want to look great and everything. But the next thing is, wow, can I stay vertical? <laughs> can, I, can I stay independent? If I fell down all by myself somewhere, could I get up? Um, yeah. You know, can I save my, myself mentally and physically? And then I thought, wow, it's not just, you know, now we're talking about survival and thrival, you know, both of them together. And that's how I put this whole thing together. Well, this concept of, 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 of consciously aging and aging in a fit manner, and by fit, you've got several pillars that, that you mentioned in, in your books in terms of mentally, nutritionally, physically, financially, 
environmentally. And then I'm also thinking from the emotional and spiritual perspective, too, that it requires really all of these angles to be integrated and holistic. There's no question. And your wonderful work speaks for itself um, when you're really talking about the positive psychology uh, behind um, this issue of uh, survival and thrival. Well, when I'm looking at being mentally, physically, you know, spiritually uh, fit to live, um, all your dreams and um, whatever you wish to do in your life, um, I'm really addressing that as well in a big way. For instance, you know, Charles Darwin once said, um, you know, that it's not the strongest who survive and it's not the smartest who survive. It's those who can adapt and adjust who survive. Yeah. Because we're all going to get slammed and hit and, you know, had, have things thrown at us and oh, ran, yeah. <laughs> random acts of weirdness and, you know, it just goes on and on. Um, so it's those people who can bounce back, you know. Uh, it's those people who can, you know, take a deep cleansing breath and say, okay, well, that was no fun. But, you know, what was the lesson in that? How can I take this forward? If you look at the great um, uh, centenarians – um, and when we've studied these uh, 100-year-olds, uh, and this is wonderful work done by my colleagues at Harvard, um, uh, Tom Pearls and others, um, what they found is that these people are what they call stress shedders. So, so stuff happens, and, and they feel it, they grieve it, they do whatever they need to do, but they move on. They move on. Oh. Oh, I love that. Let's, let's let me repeat that. Stress shedders, you know, to be a, have a little bit of a Teflon coating, I suppose. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I love that. And that's really the essence of stress resilience. In my laboratory, the National Institutes of Health, most of my work was um, really looking at stress hormone and what it does to uh, the human body. And it's Boy. pretty potent. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. It's like name the organ system and it gets slammed. There's no question about it. Um, And uh, at the end of the day, right, um, you're really looking to get up in the morning. The first thing you want to do, I don't care how old you are, but especially once you get 40 and 50 plus, right, Um, what you do is you open your eyes and you say to yourself, oh, my gosh, I'm still here. Let's celebrate. All right. (laughs) Then, I mean, especially when, once you're 50 and over, it's like, oh, my God, I'm still here. This is kind of amazing, right? Um, and then, uh, you know, you list your gratitudes. You know, this, this sets up the context for your entire day. You say to yourself, you know, I have wonderful friends, oh, family, whatever, back and forth, um, and all the things that you're so, you know, happy about. And so at the end of the day, that's what you do. Then you sit you know, bolt upright and you say to yourself, you know, bring it on. I'm going to adapt and adjust all day long, just like a fine athlete in that backcourt, like, you know, watching Venus or Serena do their thing. They're just jumping around, constantly adapting and adjusting. Can you do that? And that's where you really want to be fit to live to do that. Yeah, the bring it. Like, like, here we go. Let's do this thing. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let, let me right? at life. Yeah. So I, I, I do think that that attitude, that setting that mindset really does um, set the tone and tempo for the day. Um, I just want to go back to what you were talking about, stress, and how 
um, difficult stress is on our bodies and on our minds. And, and, the, and we're going to go to a break, but just really quickly, um, cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone. It's coursing through our bodies when we are um, stressed because it, it was originally designed to propel us to uh, run from the tiger, right? The saber-toothed right. tiger that was after us. Okay, so bottom line is it was only meant to be there short-term. Okay, yes, fight first. and flight, we're done. What we see today in 21st century um, everywhere on the globe is it's just constantly on, and guess what? Burnout. Yep. L- let's jump to a break. When we come back, we'll, 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 we'll circle back and finish up with this because it's really important to share with people how to get rid of stress, you know, which moves on to another area of, of your pillars for fitness. To learn more, please visit drpeak.com, and that's P-E-E-K-E.com. On Twitter, that handle is Pam Peak MD, and on Facebook, that page is also Pam Peak MD. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back, and I can't wait, Pam. Hey. Hey. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Cayman has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download and share this podcast. Why? Because it's kind, it's free, it's legal, it's healthy, and it's available 24-7, and sharing is most definitely caring. And we have with us today the caring and fabulous Dr. Pamela Peak, and we are talking about fit and healthy for the long haul, moving from survival to thrival, as Dr. Peak calls it. So, Pam, we were talking about the nasty but helpful uh, chemical that races through our body when we are in stress, cortisol. 
Oh, I don't like calling it nasty. Come on now. You know, cortisol is Well, it has pal. its place. It's, well, it, it, yeah, it's our, it's our pal if, uh, you know, someone's running after right. us with a hatchet. Yes, it's yeah, our, definitely our pal. Right. Yes. You know, most people, you know, it's, you're, you're really, you know, what, what you're bringing up is a very important point. The bottom line is, is that the grand majority of people, right, never, weren't, weren't born with a handbook. Hi, these are the things you do with your body and these are the things you don't do with your body. Now, one of the <laughs> most important things you don't do with your body is leave the fight and flight response on forever. All right. That's you burn out. It was there for one reason, fight and flight. Just like it said. So you're either going to beat someone up, you know, to save your life or do whatever, um, or you're going to run the heck away. Um, But you can't keep doing that because it burns out and it has devastating effects um, on just about every single system in the human body. You can't sleep. Um, your appetite is uh, goes completely awry. I could just go on. You become depressed, mood. It changes your microbiome or your 100 trillion um, little uh, belly bugs uh, reside in your uh, intestines and help you really? with everything from mood. Oh, gosh. Absolutely. I didn't know that little tidbit. I'm uh-huh. no, note to self with that one. And what about sex drive? It dampens your sex drive, too. Sex, sex drive? What sex drive? Uh, yeah, just, <laughs> like, yeah, when you're are you when kidding you're me. <laughs> No, no, no. Really, and what it does, it bumps up, and this is the worst thing, bumps up inflammation throughout your body. And Inflammation is the basis of all disease. So that's diabetes, cancer, heart disease. This is not what you want. So what you want to be able to do is just control it. And when you, you know, you have to take that deep cleansing breath and you have to stop knee jerking into reaction and you've got to be able to step back and bump up your executive function in the frontal lobe of your brain, which is right behind your forehead, and be able to say, okay, wait a minute, stop. What is the issue here? And then go from there. Meditation is absolutely kernel to this. Any kind of mind-body work that you do to be able to calm all of this down is tremendous from taking that long walk, you know, to petting your dog, to having a delightful conversation with a friend or family member, someone you love. It just goes on and on. But you've got to have a repertoire of those things to depend upon. You can't just be caught with your pants down and you're, and suddenly you're spinning on that mental, you know, a gerbil wheel up there. Um, you, 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 make a very, very good point about cooling off our stress. And there are other ways of doing it in addition to meditation, which has now been scientifically proven to have lots of features for us besides just reducing stress. But we can also do this through um, nutrition. We can do it through physical fitness. Talk a little bit about how we can use fuel to um, optimize our mental and physical performance. When I wrote Fit to Live, I I built it on five pillars. Now, I have three basic pillars, um, mind, mouth, and muscle, okay? Um, Basically, (laughs) Lisa, well, the older you get, the more you alliterate so you can remember anything. But um, so (laughs) it's it's so true. It's like, oh, my gosh, I can't remember. And then you connect it all. So mind, mouth, and muscle, right? But for Fit to Live, when I wrote the book, which eventually became the Could You Survive Discovery Health television series um, that I hosted, um, what it was based upon were two more principles as well. And I'm just going to run through them real quickly. Well, so mind we've been talking about, calm the whole you know, thing down. Nutrition, when, when you eat trash, 
that means um, refined and processed foods, you bump up inflammation all over again. Okay, you bump it up like there's absolutely no tomorrow. You don't want that. No, 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 because that sets you up for rotten sleep, rotten mood. You get the point. So it's whole foods all the time. I don't care if you're vegan, vegetarian, uh, paleo, uh, you know, pescatarian, somebody's itarian. I don't care. But just keep it whole food base as clean Mm. as possible and try to, you know, this is like a nutritional practice. In other words, don't do that once a week and think you can sort of make up for your sins for the rest of the week if you really want to get kind of religious about this. Um, And then when you're looking at physical activity, notice I didn't use the E word. I am a triathlete. I am uh, an athlete. And what I'm saying is I don't use that E word um, because it tends to freak people out because they start going to the draconian place. So instead... Um, I just say physical activity, assume the vertical and keep it rocking. Um, and that means, <laughs> yeah. you know, get outdoors. Then we go to the fifth pillar, which is environmental. Everything about how you live, how you, um, where you live, who you live with, people, places and things, they all affect what, what really at the end of the day, when you take um, the mental, nutritional, physical, financial, in other words, if you can't, if you haven't saved enough to buy those sneakers, you're not taking the walk. So you got to be thinking, right? So it's mental, nutritional, physical, financial, and environmental. You put all that together. You know what you have, Lisa? You have your own customized ecosystem. Yeah. You build an ecosystem within which to work and to live and to pray, and to meditate, and to be able to build up your A-team, and to pitch the people who don't work with you, all right? It's like, you have to go now because this doesn't work. You're toxic. You got to go. Not working, right? And so you sit there and do the hard work it takes to be able to find and make the time to do your meditation, your introspection, your journaling. You've got to find the time to get the healthy food and do what you need to do. Cook it, prepare it, share it. When you do your physical activity, you find beautiful ways to do this. I've come back to the martial arts. Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying my Qigong, my Kung Fu, as well as my Tai Chi. I love it. It's mind-body all over again. At the same time, I also throw in a little yoga and Pilates in addition to my hardcore workouts. I mean, it's just all about you and your practice, the practice of moving your body, celebrating every single movement. And then, you know, when you look at environmental, for crying out loud, if you open up your front door and the place looks like a bomb went off, do you really think for two seconds you're going to feel good in there? So take the time. Take the time, make the time to be able to create environments of beauty, of openness, and the ability to be able to support this amazing ecosystem of healthy living and being able to be fit to live and thrive. You know, and we're talking about our health from the inside out and also from the outside in. And this is the beauty of integrative medicine and preventative medicine, because as I understand it and the physicians that I go to, you guys and gals are are, are taking the whole spectrum, the whole person and and not treating as a, a, a as a, a a byproduct of I come to you because I'm sick, but treating us as patients um, holistically saying, no, no, we want to keep you healthy. We don't want you to come in when you're sick. 
Oh, there's no question about that. And I was the first senior research uh, fellow in the Office of Alternative Medicine when it was first set up. Um, And that came through sheer happenstance. I felt like, you know, sort of um, uh, Jekyll and Hyde because um, in the clinical center, I had my laboratory. I wore my, you know, scrubs, my white coat. I took care of uh, patients. I, you know, did my laboratory work. And then I ran across campus into this little basement area where they housed the Office of Alternative Medicine. It was hysterical. And um, that's where we began to look at these issues. And I also found a huge archive at the National Institutes of Health of all these studies that had been um, funded for years that no one wanted to talk about. They kept them in the closet, like Uh the relationship between Tai Chi um, and its effect on multiple sclerosis, et cetera, et cetera. So I basically, you know, I opened the closet door and let it all, you know, rip and and showed that we've been funding this forever. We just didn't want to talk about it. Now we do, and integrative medicine is everywhere. Well, we didn't want to talk about it. I, I mean, I have a theory, and you may agree or not, for a couple of reasons. The first, if Big Pharma, uh, you know, understands that we can actually take good care of ourselves and prevent a lot of this stuff happening, it puts a lot of these companies out of business or certainly diminishes sales because there's no need for all the drugs. Well, there's absolutely no question about that. And the same thing goes with food. The same thing goes with everything that we're doing out there, really, at at the end of the day. But the other thing, too, is think about it. The National Institutes of Health is a bastion of science. And, you know, there's a rigor there that had to be applied to absolutely everything from shark cartilage to meditation to all the rest of it. Some of it fell by the wayside and turned out to be, you know, not good stuff. But so much of it turned out to be amazing. We uncovered diamonds and emeralds and sapphires of of wisdom and knowledge, you know, in those archives. And then we just blew it right on out there. Now we talk about so much of this as though it's, you know, it's just totally mainstream. That was the goal, to make all of this mainstream. So you and I talk about meditation freely without being looked at askance, like, you know, another nutcase or something. Um, no, it's, it's <laughs> absolutely 100% accepted out there. Yeah, well, I, I have to say that when I was a, a young college student, my first go around, my first career in college, um, I w- became interested in alternative medicine. And everybody around me thought that I was this crazy hippie. I, I was not a crazy hippie. I'm still, I may be crazy, but I'm not a hippie. And um, I now, here we are 25, 30 years later, and this is the way of the world. So we do change. And I do know that we are out of time, which is upsetting. So I I have to invite you back here and now because we have so much more to discuss. Yay. Will you come back? Please. Just send me the invitation. I'm just sitting here waiting. Oh, well, that invitation, that's coming. Andrea Mengele, our producer, our faithful, loving, attentive producer, will formally extend another invitation to you because we have so much to to share. And there's this is what I want to do. It's my mission to educate people that they can take charge of their health. Don't wait till you get sick, people. Prevent it. You can. I love it. And you know something? Everyone out there, thrive as well as survive. And please, stay fit to live your dreams. Yes. To learn more about the fabulous Dr. Pamela Peak, please visit drpeak.com. On Twitter, the hashtag is at PamPeakMD. And on Facebook, guess what? Pam Peak. MD. You've been a delight. Here is a huge virtual hug and kiss for you, Pam. Yay! 
am right back at you. Thank you. All right, here come those tunes. We'll be right back, and that is a promise. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are continuing our conversation about fit and healthy for the long haul, how to age gracefully, mindfully, joyfully, and in good medical condition. My next guest is Dr. Eva Selhub, who is an internationally recognized expert. She's a physician, author, speaker, and consultant in the fields of stress resilience, mind-body medicine, and working with the natural environment to achieve maximum health and well-being. Dr. Eva engages her clients and her audiences with her powerful energy, her words, wisdom, and scientific knowledge to be empowered to transform themselves, their health, and their lives for the better. And her latest book is Your Health Destiny, How to Unlock Your Natural Ability to Overcome Illness, Feel Better, and Live Longer. Welcome, Eva. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Well, we are gonna we're gonna get busy here talking about one of the number one health compromisers that that I know of, and that is stress. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the wonderful <laughs> thing about stress is that it's never going away, and uh, no. <laughs> you know we actually. <laughs> the the interesting thing is is it, it it you know stress has gotten a really bad rap. Um, what people don't actually get is that you need stress to survive. Um, stress is really just um, when a system is getting a message that it's out of balance. That's all it is. So actually, hunger is a stress, and being uncomfortable in the position you're sitting in is stress. Uh, feeling cold or hot is a stress. It's simply when the system is saying, um, I'm not in a state, steady state of balance. If people remember the word homeostasis from biology, that's really the goal for every living organism is to be in that state of balance. And our body is really amazing in telling us when we're not, and it's called stress. And so stress actually motivates us to be who we are and to accomplish things and to put on something warm when we're cold and so forth. The problem becomes, 
with stress is when our mind perceives that the stress is not manageable, and that's when it becomes detrimental to our lives and our health. So really, this is learning about how to use stress before stress uses us. Mm, well said. And what, what we mean by, you know, stress using us, really it's stress overload, where the body goes into that fight or flight mode for the tiniest little thing that happens. Somebody cuts us off in traffic and we just become enraged or we flip off at our kids because we've just had it. You know, that's that's when we know we've got too much of it. No, that's right. I mean, so it's basically, you know, there's all different kinds of analogies I like to use. It's you know, your gas tank is on empty, so you can't make the drive. But it's also thinking about having bandwidth. You know, it's understanding that life is always going to be stressful. Nature just as soon let the forest fire burn as a flower bloom. It's not personal. There's always something going on, and it's about having the bandwidth to handle it or to manage it to, to serve us. And when you don't have bandwidth, when you're running on empty, your, your ability to have that, that access to your resources, the ability to handle things that come your way is diminished, which is going to put you on overload. And that's what happens. We get on overload, whether our body is on overload or our mind, um, we just can't handle things that are coming at us. And the way to replenish the tank is, I think, more simple than most of us realize, and perhaps more easily said than done without focusing attention upon it. Well, absolutely. I think, you know, the, 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 the simplest thing is to ask yourself, is this fueling me or is this depleting me? And you can ask that about the food that you eat and the thoughts that you have and the sleep that you get and the people that you spend time around. Um, it's basically having that mindset, is this fuel or is this, you know, a leak? You know, is this fueling my tank or is this leaking my tank? And before you do anything, even just the way you think, does this make me feel good or does this make me, you know, feel badly? And so that's how we can go around sort of figuring out, you know, what is it that's going to help me be at my best? And I like to think of, you know, our sort of tools that we can use to be replenished it just, you know, use the analogy of a dam where, you know, it's always raining. The, the water's always pouring in. And if that dam doesn't have outlets, it's going to eventually break and the water's going to overflow. And that's what happens to us. Very few of us have really good outlets of relief, if you will. And, you know, the human, human beings were actually evolved with having these outlets of relief, which we call, you know, social support. You know, we evolved being in a social infrastructure. There's no way we could have survived on our own. And we know through science that when we have the social support we need, we do better. We live longer. We overcome illness. So social support is one of those outlets. Uh, sleep is one of those outlets. Uh, good nutrition that fuels our body to thrive rather than dive. Uh, movement or exercise, humor, spirituality, um, meditation. These are all things that actually support our body to get the bandwidth, get the fuel it needs to, to be at its best. And when we look at conventional medicine, traditional Western medicine, and the approach of diagnosing and prescribing, in your practice and really in the mind, body, or integrative medicine um, fields, it's all about bringing in these other areas that you're talking about, lifestyle management, you know, supporting the the, the, um, the soft, software systems. Absolutely. I mean, it's first of all, I, I don't have 
problems with allopathic or Western medicine. You know, for me, it's a Band-Aid. You know, when you're bleeding, you need to put on a Band-Aid. It's impossible to go for a walk or, or even sleep, for that matter, when you're, you know, hemorrhaging. So you need stitches. You need that Band-Aid. And medications are very much that way. You can't really be walking around with a high blood pressure. It's going to take time for a meditation practice, a nutrition practice, and, and what have you to take hold so that blood pressure can go down on its own. So in the meantime... You need to, you know, keep a Band-Aid on that blood pressure um, by taking that medication. Um, so I do think that there's, you know, a bridge of working together with everything that has value because ultimately this is about every individual taking responsibility for their health and not looking for something to fix them because nothing will fix them other than their own, you know, behaviors and lifestyle changes. And the other piece of that is that I also like to use the analogy of trying to get a door open and, you know, our health and well-being, our ability to thrive is basically opening that door to, to life and imagining that stress is actually a big bureau that is keeping us from being <laughs> able to open that door. So a drug might be able to open that door, but with a bureau there, we're going to have to use a lot of drug to get that, that door open. And the more drug you use, the more toxic it becomes you know, that therapeutic window gets very narrow. But if you remove the bureau, you're either not going to need the medication at all or you'll need less of it so that it's not toxic. So that's what we can do for ourselves by removing that stress, by taking care of ourselves, by fueling ourselves. We actually get to the core issue of why this is happening in the first place and take care of it so that we don't need that Band-Aid. And what's so interesting about what I, I believe what's so interesting about what you just shared is that part of what makes us feel stressed is that our environment is out of our control. Like things are happening and we're not able to control the room, so to speak, let alone ourselves. And it's really what drives us is to be in control of ourselves. And what you're suggesting um, through your book and through the, the skills and the tips is that it, this these techniques bring the control back to us for those things that we can actually um, man, which is our own health and well-being. Exactly. You can't control the seasons, but you can control how you respond to the seasons, right? Yeah. You know, you, you choose yeah. whether you're going to wear a winter coat when it's, when, it's, when it's winter. You don't go outside in your shorts, but you can't control whether or not it's winter. So, yeah. you know, we can control how we choose to be in our life and we can choose to be in our life as victims or we can choose to be in our life as victors. We can choose to say life is happening to me or we can say, well, life is happening for me. And that becomes a locus of control that we do have the ability to manage as opposed to what's happening around us. I, I want to talk about um, the healing powers of being in nature because this is often very overlooked. You know, what really happen to, happens to us when we go out and we're in the sunshine, we go for a walk, we're, we're, we're strolling and taking in, you know, what's around us and how healing that can be. There's so many facets of, about um, being out in nature that improve our well-being and our health. Um, and one of them is that we know that it turns off the stress response. It lowers those stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol and improves our immune system. It um, stimulates what we call the dopaminergic reward centers, which means dopamine is now coursing through our brain and giving us that feeling of feel-good and happiness. 
Um, and we feel more connected. We feel more connected to the larger world, which is really the definition of spirituality, this profound sense that we belong. We uh, feel more connected to ourselves. We're also exposed to the smells, aromas, and textures of nature, which are very healing, which we, we, we sort of do through aromatherapy now. Um, there are negative ions in the air, which um, counteract, um, you know, pollution or counteract um, a negative um, atmospheric particles that from that we get from from the pollution in the air when we live in the city that are offset by these negative ions um, that the trees or or the or the sea is emitting. So there's an absolute benefit to even just being out in nature for 20 minutes a day. And the vitamin, the vitamin C and vitamin D, right? From from the sun. Exactly. Exactly. We're going to need, we're going to need to go to a break. And even when we come back, I want to talk more about, you know, these simple things that we can do to improve our lives, but also um, the effects of nutrition on our mental health and, and, and a little bit about meditation. And then of course, the biggest, best, most beautiful drug of all, which we'll, we'll, we'll wait and share that. To learn more about Dr. <laughs> Eva Selhub, please visit her website, www.drselhub.com. On Twitter, the handle is at Dr. Eva Selhub. And on Facebook, the page is Dr. Selhub. Once again, the book is Your Health Destiny, How to Unlock Your Natural Ability to Overcome Illness, Feel Better, and Live Longer. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download and share this podcast. Why? Because sharing is caring. It's kind, it's free, it's legal, it's available 24-7. And we are talking about Fit and Healthy for the Long Haul with Dr. Ava Selhub, who is the author of Your Health Destiny, How to Unlock Your Natural Ability to Overcome Illness, Feel Better, and Live Longer. So Eva, let's talk a little bit about um, probably the most powerful and uh, underspoken of medication 
um, in the medical field and that being love. And why is it such a powerful healing force? Well, if you look at um, the physiology of fear and stress, and then you look at the physiology of the meditation practice, you will see that, you know, when you meditate, it is the opposite of the stress response, the relaxation response, which we all know is good for you. And we know that experienced meditators are healthier. We even see that their genes can change for the better. What people don't realize is that when you access the pure state of love, it actually is the exact same physiology. And that when we are in the state of love, those same dopaminergic neurons I talked about that nature stimulates are stimulated. We go into a positive expectation of believing that anything is possible, which also translates into the body believing anything is possible, which we see in what we call the placebo response and where the mind has the ability to create the same outcome as a drug. And so what we've discovered as when you're in this this state of love, the physiology of love is one of absolute health, of absolute healing, of absolute state of I'm okay. It's understanding that if when you understand the definition of stress is that every single cell in the body is saying I'm not enough and I don't have enough. And if you go around life always thinking that, you will always be on overload, which means everything will short circuit and eventually your longevity is going to be questioned, right? Your, your, the the yes. length of your, of your life will be questioned. We know that through the chromosome tails with telomeres, which break when people are under a lot of stress. But mm. when you are in that state of love, when you have the turning off of the stress response and the belief that I am enough and I have enough, which love cr- does create, you now have not only improved your life expectation um, and your health, but you're also going to improve your behaviors. You're going to do things that are good for you because you love yourself. And I always have all my clients ask themselves, if I loved myself, would I? Would I put this, um, you know, would I shower my body in, in coffee or Diet Coke? Would I expose myself to these negative thoughts? You know, would I, you know, not give my body the exercise and movement it needs? Would I really be sabotaging myself? You know, you have to think about there are millions and trillions of self-help books out there and a million of experts out there saying, I have the answer and I have the answer. Well, then why do we have an epidemic of obesity? And why are people so sick? And why is our healthcare system being taxed by diabetes? That's because people are not taking ownership for themselves and for their lives. And they can't because they're not in a state of self-love. So when we actually bring love into the equation, whether it's through loving actions or loving thoughts or loving meditations, which is a lot lot of the work that I do, and connect with the ultimate belief that I am loved, I am lovable, and I am loving, we change that physiological state to one of health, but we also open up that part of the mind that has access to the behaviors that will help you thrive as opposed to dive. Yeah. And for our listeners who may question, you know, well, what does this mean, you know, to, to, to love myself? I mean, we're not talking about uh, romance in the classical sense. We're talking about respect, honor, empathy, mercy, compassion, kindness, gratitude, all, all, all of these. All of the um, th- I'm sorry? 
I said all of the above. Yeah, all of the above. And, you know, it's it's actually very challenging um, uh, for people to say, well, you know, how do I do this for myself? You know, and, 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 and I like to challenge people like, would you treat... Do you, do you treat yourself the way you treat others? And most of the time, we tend to treat others better than we treat ourselves. So I think what you're saying is to make a, a, apply that healing internally. I once had a professor in grad school who said that um, healing is the application of love to the places that hurt. Yes. Well, it's nurturing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, when a, your, a child comes and is saying, you know, I'm hurt, do you yell at that child? Do you push the child away? No, you, 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 you hold that child. And so this isn't about admonishing ourselves. This is about caring for ourselves. You know, and I would, I would encourage the, um, you know, the listeners to think about this one. It's very powerful, even though it's very simple. How many times you should on yourself? How many times you <laughs> yes. say, well, I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have gone left. I should have exercised. I shouldn't have eaten this. And, and pay attention to how that makes you feel because it's going to make you feel really badly. And when you feel that badly, it's unlikely that you're going to be motivated into positive action. It's just going to make you feel shame and badly about yourself. Should equal shame. Now, this isn't about saying everything's great and I'm perfect and all those sort of things. It's about being accountable. So just notice the difference when you say, I could have. I could have exercised. I could have eaten differently. So could creates accountability, but it also re- creates uh, empathy and compassion and an understanding that we're human and we make mistakes, and it allows for room for growth and learning and expansion. So just feel the difference between I should have exercised versus I could have exercised. Could is now saying, you know what, I'm human, I have compassion for myself, and you know what, I- I actually might now go exercise as opposed to shooting on myself, which brings on that shame and self-loathing. And it's unlikely that I'm going to change my habits. Something as yeah. simple as that is loving. Yes. And, and you know, we, we're running out of time. We're not there yet, but I, I know there's so much good stuff to get to. I want to um, ask you about the role of nutrition in our mental health, because this is really, I think, underexposed, underwritten about, and there is a direct correlation of, of course, you know, your mom says you are what you eat, right? I mean, all of us grew up, right. we, are we <laughs> with that, but really, what is the truth about that? And why must we eat soundly? Well, again, going back to stress, the body has signals throughout the body to to let the brain know when the system's out of balance. And so you've got your first lines of defense are going to be areas where the outside world is coming into the inside world. So your lungs and your gut um, all the way through the digestive tract are lined with neurons or little brains that are directly connected to your higher brain to let you know when things are positive and when things are negative. 95% of your serotonin and the majority of your immune system lies in your gut. So when you get the butterflies in your stomach, you know, there's a reason. It's alerting you, your brain that, you know, something's off, that you're in danger. And so 
you've got, you know, a whole ecosystem, a microbiome of positive bacteria that live in your gut that help you absorb, that help you digest, that help you get those neurotransmitters like serotonin or dopamine that will then feed your brain and make you feel good. And so the food that you eat is either going to support that ecosystem and support that nutrition of neurotransmitters and vitamins and minerals that are going to help your brain feel alive and well and happy, or you're going to eat things that are going to cause inflammation or what we call oxidative stress. It's like, you know, when, when, you know, you have, when your car starts rusting, that's basically what you're doing to your body. You've got oxygen particles that get broken and the free radicals are flying around, bumping into things, and they can go into your brain and cause fatigue and habit and also cause serotonin levels to drop. You're also not going to be absorbing the nutrients you need to make those neurotransmitters. So what you eat is absolutely imperative in helping you feel energized and also helping you feel happy. Yeah. Um, I, I want to uh, refer back to your latest book, Your Health Destiny, How to Unlock Your Natural Ability to Overcome Illness, Feel Better, and Live Longer, because it really gives the structure for everything that you are talking about in order for us to be happier, healthier, stronger, and to change our health destiny. So in other words, we're caring for ourselves not just for today, but for the decades uh, ahead, because we're living so much longer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and this is about longevity, as I mentioned earlier. This is about, you know, living a full life. And it's understanding that your your body is constantly changing, as is your environment. And so that when we learn how to be the Zen masters in our life, to be able to be in that flow of our life, we're going to live longer, much more joyfully, and much more fully. I mean, if you really look at, you know, Tai Chi or Zen masters or Kung Fu masters, they're 80 years old and they look like they're 40. There's a reason for that. They've learned to what they say in the Tao, they say to live in the way and to live in a life of, of least resistance. And so that when you learn to pay attention to what the signals of the body and to feed it and to fuel it and to take care of that mind with love, you actually can become the Zen master of your own life. Dr. Eva Selhub, thank you for being with me in the flow of life this morning. Um, we are out of time, and here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. It simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa cypress Kamen and my guest today, Dr. Eva Selhub and Dr. Pamela Peake, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio is produced in collaboration with Toginet and KBUU and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange. Go out and rock your day. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us each and every Wednesday for a brand new broadcast and continue to harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with hundreds of free downloadable podcasts from our libraries on iTunes and SoundCloud. To learn more about Lisa's global practice as an applied positive psychology coach specializing in lifestyle management as well as addiction and trauma recovery services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook 
Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness.